Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And only Paul Doolan, because sadly, um, I don't. It's going to be difficult to talk around this issue because we do have some very sad news. Uh, I know a lot of you may be new to the podcast. A lot of you may have listened to us for years. You'll know that Dave Watson has been a huge part of the podcast for uh, many years now and uh, we love him and he offers a lot and I know that a lot of you uh, love Dave Watson I'm very sad to report that Dave has a cold yeah uh, so it's it's a very difficult time for the Newcastle Nutter community we did uh, wonder whether to even do this with obviously there's issues of whether it's respectful or not to to be podding while Dave has a cold, but we think it's what he'd want. That that's the thing is it it's it's a case of it's what if we were to not record a podcast, it would just be it would be giving into the cold. It would be what that's what the cold wants. We can't let seasonal illness win. No, we won't. But I just want Dave to know who has told us that he can't record the pod because uh, he has the sniffles. <laughs> I just want Dave to know that we're all thinking of him. And I don't know, maybe we should set up a GoFundMe page. I know a, a lot of people will be listening to this who've been affected by the sniffles and we don't want to make light of it. It's we love you, Dave. If you can hear this through the slight congestion in your head, you, it might have affected your hearing. I don't know how far this fucking thing's gone, but we love you, man. We love you. Uh, but something else that is affected by the seasonal illness of poor form <laughs> is Newcastle United. Now, 
Our last game was against Manchester City. It was the game after the Cup. I think none of us expected it to be the game in which we turned things around. And at least in terms of a result, it wasn't, was it, Paul? No, I think it went almost exactly as we predicted on the last pod. Like, too soon for the turnaround and a 2-0 defeat. But compared to last season, was it 4-0 away at Man City last year? I can't remember, but I did predict 4-0 in this game. Uh, I think I predicted 2-0 then. Or maybe Dave did. We, We might never find out what Dave thought of this game. Yeah, that's the sad thing. God, I hope he pulls through. Um, yeah, it, I don't feel as negative as... I mean, it's, it's tricky gauging it by the online response to any result or performance, but I just think Man City are a very, very good team, much better than they were at the start of the season when we drew 3 all. and they're firmly in the title race. And we created enough chances to at least get a point and just didn't take them. So that's the the worrying thing isn't so much the conceding two goals again, though that is a worry. It's more the inability to convert very good chances. I think we're just looking for a little gleam of light in what has been a tricky period. We haven't we've only won one game in eight. Yeah. It's not, I, it's not ideal. I think form-wise in the league for this calendar year, we're fourth from bottom. And that means that Wolves on Sunday, I think we're already <laughs> onto that. Feels like this is going to be a very quick podcast. That means that uh, Wolves on Sunday is a massive opportunity to start the long road back to competing for Europe. Yeah, I think it's been tricky since coming back from the World Cup. There's a few players who've been off. Like, Wilson hasn't looked the same player. Trippier, by the high standards he set at the start of the season, hasn't lived up to those. Miggy's not... I think Miggy's got one goal, no assists in those games. Long, a lot of players look like they need a rest. Dan Byrne at left-back is starting to look more like an experiment of a centre-back playing left-back than it did before. And it just, it's feeling a bit stale. But then we have just played Liverpool, Man U and Man City. I think we were in unanimous agreement that Isak had to start against City. It had come time. By the way, I realised this week that it is actually Isaac. Is it? Because I saw him pronounce his own name. It's a, it's a profile. I am Alexander Isaac. Mm. So us sort of like supposedly sort of, um, you know, fancy hipster bohemian fans who've been pronouncing it, we thought correctly, were actually... Wrong. I think we got it right. I just don't think he knows how to pronounce his own name. Jesus I think it's on him. So I think I'm going to suggest that we we go with Isaac from now on. Let's do it. And it's we all thought it was time for him to start. He did not start. Surely, surely, against Wolves, Isaac is going to start. Paul, surely he has to. I think Wilson's got. Is it one goal in twelve? I think which. 
he needs bringing out the team. He, the good thing is, compared to the recent games, the Man City one, he was at least getting in those positions. Is that Alan Shearer who always said, like, the worrying thing isn't when you're missing chances, it's when you're not getting them. At least he, he's got his form back to the point where he's missing chances, which doesn't feel like a massive positive. But then you look at the difference Isaac's made when he's come on. still feels wrong saying Isaac, I'm going to do it. Sounds like a sack on your eyes. But he's made such a difference every time he comes on and looks... He's just able to beat players. I think the reason maybe Wilson's still getting a start is that Isaac's not that type of number nine, but he's looking... He's sort of looking like Chris Wood, in a way. I think he he needs a rest rather than he needs to be dropped. Yeah. The chat at the cup final amongst all the fans was that Callum Wilson was done. It was over for him. Hopefully that's not the case. Yeah, I think he Wilson's role in a team needs to be more like Danny Ings's, where he'll have a hot streak every season, but he's not you're not going to rely on him as a starting number nine because his career's shown you're never going to get those many performances out of him. This is the first time he's had, I would say, a proper bad run for us, because he's never been fit enough to have that extended run of games. Or when he has, he's not dipped off. I'm just looking at it. I mean, I mean he scored four games ago. or five. He scored against West Ham. He scored against West Ham. I mean, when you compare it with years gone by... We've had strikers in much worse form. Yeah, but since his goal before that West Ham one, I think Joe Linton, Almiron, Longstaff have all scored more goals. Well, yeah, I'm just looking. And Willock. Before his goal against West I think Ham. you then have to go back to Villa at the end of October. Correct. It's a long time, isn't it? It is a long time. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Do, do, you, do you know what? I feel like there's so little to talk about because it's it's just a repeat of where we were. We're, we're still in that funk after uh, the Man United Cup final. So let's have a little break and then we're going to dust ourselves down and we're going to talk about how we can turn things around as a football club and as a podcast. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, welcome back. Since we last podded, we've had a loss, which we expected, and Liverpool have had a victory, uh, which no one expected, certainly in the manner that it happened, 7-0. With that in mind, how do you feel, Paul, about our chances for top four at the moment? It's quite an odd one, because Spurs and Liverpool this season have both been... It feels like they've been shit every game. And we've had an excellent start to the season. I don't know how they're both above us. But Spurs feel like they're always going to look like they've turned a corner and then lose the next game. I don't think it's working out under Conte for them. Liverpool are the bigger worries. I think they've kept four clean sheets in a row and suddenly look like they've clicked. But then both of them have European football still as a going concern, which we don't. But it's Liverpool funny. are the scarier ones, I think. It's funny how you can watch football for 30 years and continually make the same mistakes, where you see a football club lose a few games and just decide they're shit now, or a football club win a few games and decide they're good now. Like yeah, Earlier on this season, Man United were done. They were a total disaster. Then they were the best team in Europe. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like in our yeah. heads. Liverpool, as far as I'm concerned, well, Liverpool's season is just completely over. It's a disaster. Are they going to be in a relegation fight? And I'm just looking at them now. They're in fifth. And out of the last five games, they've won four and drawn, drawn one. Tottenham Hotspur, as far as I'm concerned, they haven't won a single game this season. But actually, they've won three of the last five and they're in fourth. As far as I'm concerned, we are having an incredible season. And uh, yes, we're in a little blip, but everything is fine. But I mean, to be fair, we were unbeaten up until not that long ago. And now we've lost our last two and drawn the three before and won one in eight. It's funny how you can just forget. <laughs> I continually forget that football, as Danny Baker often says, is chaos. Well, I think as well, Brighton are the other team to add in because they they're quietly looking really good all the time. But some they they seem to be getting the performances and results that you would think would push you up the table. But they seem constantly just below us. When the other thing, if we win our games in hand, then we go back to fourth. But that feels like a very big if at the minute. Considering we couldn't beat West Ham, Bournemouth or Palace. Yeah, we've we've got to turn things around to quite a large degree. I, as far as I'm concerned, and again, <laughs> this could... Um, I, I could be completely wrong again, because as I've just said, things can turn around very quickly. But in my head now, fourth is a near impossibility. I think that's a bit extreme. 
looking at our fixtures, the toughest games we've got are at home. We've got Spurs home, Man U home, Arsenal home. And we've we've still we've lost once at St James's, is that right? The Liverpool game? Yeah, that sounds right. It's still we're still very, very good at St James's Park. We need a turnaround, but I I think the Man City performance suggests that turnaround will come. Is there something to be said for and I've heard people say it? Um <clears throat> that it would actually be too soon for us to qualify for the Champions League and we're better off just finishing top six? I think Europe would be more fun if we're in the Europa League first. You don't want to... It's quite... The journey is the fun bit. Like The start of this season's been good because we've not been... We're not challenging for the title, but we're looking decent. I, I want this bit to last for as long as it can rather than to suddenly be an entitled regular Champions League fan. Because that sort of feels like where the fun of the game goes out of it a bit. Well, I, would, talk- I think Europa League would be good, but you would also say you're going to get the same fixture congestion, but if you get in the Champions League, you get a lot more money and the commercial deals you can strike are bigger because of that, so you can grow more quickly. Yeah, for those who are impatient for us to become one of Europe's top, top clubs. Uh, Champions League would definitely help to accelerate that in terms of the kind of players that we could attract and the amount of money that we could spend. That would be good. What? Okay, so what? just for the sake of it, what do you think the percentage chances that we finish top four, Paul? 30%. 30%. I'm going 20%. Yeah. What do you think the percentage chances that we finish outside the top seven or 10%? 10%? Yeah. I'm going 30%. Wow. So who do you think finishing above us in that scenario? Liverpool, Spurs? Liverpool and Spurs, and then two out of Brighton, Fulham, Brentford and Chelsea. We only need to be one out of those, I think. Oh, outside the top seven. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there is a bit of a it's tricky. You sort of talk about recency bias in football, but that is just another word for form. But I think we can't draw too many conclusions from Liverpool, Man U, Man City. No, not and the games are... before that where we looked pretty awful. We were distracted by the cup and Bruno was out. And now Joe Linton is going to be out for two games, isn't he? Yeah, and that that is a loss, but that's nowhere near as big a loss as Bruno, I think. Uh, remind me, why is he out? Ten yellows. So he got booked against Man City. But Willock's fit, and I think that's probably an easy enough swap. I think Willock's looked... Good since coming back in his cameos. Um, speaking of midfield, I'll just throw this in there because I saw us linked to him yesterday. There's talk of Mason Mount, of us making an offer for Mason Mount this summer. It seems pretty likely that 
he could end up being sold by Chelsea, considering how bloated that squad is and how we sort of, there are a lot of questions about him from England and Chelsea fans, aren't there, continually? Yeah, which I don't quite, I don't really understand what Mason Mount does, both negatively and positively, to get, I don't know how you have a strong opinion on Mason Mount, but I just don't watch a lot of Chelsea games, I don't particularly like Chelsea. I think the reason that people have a strong opinion on Nick, on Mason Mount is because because he's not that glamorous player who who does a, who has a lot of big moments. He's a teacher's pet, is he? That's what people say. They don't. They wonder why is for a long time he was starting ahead of more glamorous players like Grealish or Foden in the England side and I think Chelsea fans liked him but now that it's been going wrong for Chelsea for quite a while this season and they've got a lot of signings they're starting to say Mason Mount's numbers aren't great this this season why is he such an automatic starter but I mean I'm no despite hosting a football podcast for 10 years I am no football expert (laughs) but journalists who I respect seem to say that the deal with Mason Mount, the reason he starts so often under different managers is that he's considered to be a very intelligent footballer who is very, very good at following instructions. But this seems to be the... level seems to be amongst top managers is a very valued uh, skill. This is what we hear about Longstaff for us as well. He's sort of our Mason Mount, that right. the kind of the young homegrown player who fans will get on the back of, and you can't quite understand why managers keep them in so loyally. I don't know. Would you? The thing with Mason Mount, it's I would rather have in his position. I'd rather have James Madison, and if I could take any midfield, I'd rather have Conor Gallagher from Chelsea. I think he would fit much more seamlessly into the way we play yeah I would I would certainly be more excited about James Madison and possibly Conor Gallagher but I'm I'm happy to I mean we'll see where it goes but I would be happy to yield my opinion to people who know more do you know what I mean if Eddie Howe yeah. won, if Eddie Howe desperately if it turned out that he desperately wanted Mason Mount and so many top managers before him really rated Mason Mount, then I'm happy to sort of go, well, probably something to it. And, I, and it's not like I haven't seen Mason Mount have lots of good games. Yeah, and he, he knows where the goal is, which feels important for us going forward. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, I don't know. We'll see whether that materialises. Yeah, I think this summer is going to be bonkers. I think we we will be spending quite a bit of money. Speaking of this summer being bonkers, and we all know why we're in the situation where we've just spent a couple of hundred million over the past year, and now we're talking about things really stepping up (laughs) this summer in terms of spending. We're in that situation because of the takeover from Saudi Arabia, yeah. 
worth mentioning the fact that we have been in the news this week and because because do you want to fill us in paul i haven't prepared for this well there was a live golf court case in america i think in the san francisco courts or something and it was stated there that that yasser bin ramayan our chairman was did that without notes go on was a member of the Saudi government, essentially. Whereas the Premier League have said during our takeover, they had legally binding assurances that he is not linked to the Saudi state or PIF aren't. We don't know what those legally binding assurances are. I think that's where the grey area... I mean, essentially, we know we're owned by the Saudi state. You and I think that's wrong. Some fans don't i don't like it in football but nothing's going to happen about it because the the british government likes the saudis quite a lot and i think they can hide behind that legally binding assurances that they don't have to no one's going to compel them to make public what they are because you're in a weird position where they can say that's still true even though they said the opposite in a different court and you just have different burdens of proof across them until make... some sort of regulator comes in that says, well, we need to make public what those assurances are and interrogate them and actually examine whether you are. It's it's not in anyone's benefit to assess too deeply whether we are run by the state of Saudi Arabia. It just doesn't really make sense, does it? No. It just... well, the, the thing that makes sense is the obvious thing that nobody who's let it go through wants to say is that we are clearly run by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia via their public investment fund. The horse has bought it, hasn't it? And the Premier League is so so weak when it comes to this stuff. And and now now that you've had Man City, you've got us, and then it looks like you might have Qatar owning Man U. It's very sad. It's (laughs) sad. I think there's... It's also, it's quite nice to see Man U fans who were on their high horse about us suddenly making eyes at Qatar and talking about how it's going to turn around once Qatar come in. There's, I mean, football fans being hypocrites isn't big news. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, the fact that these, it's the top of the Premier League, it seems sort of inevitable that it's just going to become a sort of proxy World Cup. Or like it's, a, it's just a battle between these oil states. Maybe, but then, I mean, you look at the top of the Premier League. I mean, it has largely been Man City. But then Liverpool have won titles. Man U, if they'd invested properly and not been run as a sort of big budget Mike Ashley project where they asset stripped them, could have been competing as well. Sport will always get in the way of that. It's sure. I'm just wondering about like going forward. If like now, if we're about to become at the very top, and potentially Man U and Liverpool could both end up being owned by Petro States. Uh, who knows? Yeah, but you know, I just every now and again, I just like to drop in that. Although I'm excited about the whole thing. I just want to remind everyone that actually we should all feel sad about it. Yeah, and we should, but also it's not our fault. 
It's not our we, fault. So who are we going to sign? The way football's governed means we've had absolutely no say in who owns and runs the club that we've dedicated our lives to. Yeah, so... Uh, but that doesn't mean we have to get defensive when people bring up the Saudis. Both things can be true. It can be wrong and it can be not our fault. It doesn't mean we have to start apologising. Now, Sunday is a big opportunity, isn't it? It's our first game for a little while where you would say we're at home to Wolves. It's definitely the first game where you say that in a while. Yes. We're at home to Wolves. But it's the first game where you would say we should get three points from this game. Yes. That should definitely be our target. And anything less than three points would be a disappointment. How do we make those three points happen, Paul? Well, annoyingly, Wolves are in a bit of an upturn in form, which mm. is typical. But I think we just need to go back to the what was good against the start, the opening sort of 25, 30 minutes against Man City, well, maybe 15, before the Foden goal. We were pressing high up and energetically, and I think we need to go back to that and get get the crowd on side early on. I think we'd stop worrying about what other teams are going to do and go back to that first half of the season thing where it's just, you're not going to get a chance to play football because we're going to be in your face. I'd like to see a front three of Gordon on the left, Isaac in the middle, St. Maximin on the right. Am I going to get my wish, Paul? I don't think you are, but I would like that as well. I think St. Maximin probably starts on the bench. It's it's a tricky selection because I think I wouldn't be surprised, despite all the talk of like Wilson has to be dropped. I wouldn't be surprised if Howe names the expected Howe team, which would be Burn at left back, Wilson up top, Isaac and Maxi on the bench, Almiron on the right. But I think there's the players who look like they need to come out for me would be Miggy, Wilson, and Byrne. But I don't think all three will happen. I don't see how he could have Sir Maximan and uh, uh, Isaac on the bench because with Joe Linton out. Well, I think the other thing is if. No, I don't think we would have Wilson. Well, no, I think you could have. Uh, Gordon, Almiron, Wilson. And then your middle three is? Willock, Longstaff, Bruno. Right, OK, of course. I, because we're constantly told Isaac isn't that sort of number nine, I do think there's a point where I'd like to see him playing on the right instead of Miggy. Because it feels like every time he comes on, there's a point where Isaac skins someone on the touchline just next to the penalty box on that right side. He seems to drift there naturally anyway. And Miggy just looks a bit shot at the minute. Yeah, I think whatever Isaac's, whatever Howe thinks Isaac's best position is, he should play. Yeah. He is still, maybe, maybe there is a case of, it's not like, He's coming on and being more impressive than Wilson. It's not like he's coming on and setting the world alight. We are there is a case of us sort of projecting 
something onto him here, isn't there? Yeah, I think as well, against Man City, picking Wilson in some ways makes sense because it's someone that the ball's going to stick to better than it will with Isaac. I think against Wolves, we're going to be coming up against much more of a low block, and that's where you need you need that movement that we've not seen from Wilson. I think that's where you want to see Bruno and Isaac kind of linking up a bit more. And then you... I mean, a front three, I think like you're saying, Gordon, Isaac and Maxi would be a lot for Wolves to have to cope with. I think it's the sort of game where that would make sense. But I think Howe's just too loyal to make those changes. It'd be quite fun if Maxi and Adama Traore both started. Yeah. Got to see them battling for who can beat the most people with the worst outcome. Yeah, well, I think Maxi scored against Wolves earlier in the season, but wasn't. I think he was a sub for that as well. Came on and scored that bizarre half volley. Traore of... actually got a really good goal in the last game. But... Oh, um, uh, yeah. It'd be nice if the managers could just agree before kickoff to pick one, pick one of them each. Let's just say, yeah, you, we'll agree, Triori and Maxi, and just go for it. It what is it called? Mutually, mutually guaranteed destruction. Mutually assured destruction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, what do you predict the result will be? Well, I think, should we talk about Burn as well? Because it's. Yes, please. It feels like Target at some point has to come back in. I think a lot of the problems with Maxi is that thing of there's no overlapping fullback, so he's having to beat three or four people. And I think the fact that Target came on towards the end at Man City suggests we're trying to get minutes in there for him. And I think not picking target against Man City makes sense. You don't want to throw in someone who's not match fit and stick him in against Phil Foden. But I don't think Byrne did enough against Man City to suggest why he needs to stay in there. Uh, yeah, I would agree. It's time to let target get in there. But how? How is very slow about bringing players into the side, isn't he? And, and mm. obviously he gets to see training and... Before but it's not week. like Target's a new signing. Well, like He was in the side for that spell at the end of last season where we'd essentially hit Champions League form. Yeah. Yeah. I would, if I had the luxury of picking the side, which I do not, I would start Target. I guess we will see. Hard to say. Um, oh, What's your some... 11? The 11 that I would choose? Yeah. Carriers. Pope. Pope, oh, Pope. Yes. Target. Botman and Shaw and Trippier. Although Lascelles had a good game against Man City, but I think Cher has to come back in. Yeah. Bruno, Longstaff, Willock. I would quite like to see Elliot Anderson, but again, I'm projecting something onto him. Yeah. I read this week that apparently England are trying to persuade him to declare for England because he has played one under-21s game for Scotland. He played for England at under-19s level. He grew up in England, but he did, 
There's still a transfer to Clare for England, but if he did, he wouldn't be able to play for a couple of years. But basically, I don't know if that's just a case of England just trying to hoard every young professional in the Premier League or whether that says that he's very highly rated. Yeah, I'd like to see him, but I think it, that it is going to be that midfield three. Yeah, but you know, I'm, this is me choosing the side I want. But yes, I would pick that midfield three. And then, yeah, I would choose Gordon, Isaac and Maxi. That would be my choice. Yeah. I would probably... I don't know. I just like Miggy. And he is our top scorer. But he has had a week off. Well, earlier on you were saying it's time to drop him. I know, but I'm changing. I'm like the wind. This is the problem. He's like the wind. I think I, what I... I wouldn't mind any combination of the front four as long as Isaac starts. I don't mind Wilson starting with Isaac on the right and Gordon on the left. But I think if the front three, which is what I think Eddie Howe will go with, is Wilson, Gordon, Miggy, then I feel like that is... That's going to dampen the atmosphere a bit pre-kickoff. I think at some stage he's going to change. Because you don't spend Men never that... change, Fergus. Men never change. But you don't spend that mu- amount of money on a striker and then the, have the guy who's keeping him out of the side be on terrible form. As a, at some point, that has to break, right? Yeah. I think it makes sense. I think Isaac has to start against Wolves, but I think it's 50-50 whether Wilson starts. Okay, well, we've cleared nothing up, but we won't find out until Sunday. What's your prediction on score? 2-0 us. Yeah, I like that. I like the sound of that. 3-1 us. 3-1 If we lose, is it a crisis? Will we officially be in a crisis? No, no. Which threat level bulb on the wall in your house is going to be on after that game if we lose? Are you going? Are you already at amber? Yeah. I tell you what. If I'm not, I'm, I'm not willing to play your game about threat level bulbs. I'll, I'll answer <laughs> the question in the way I'd like no. to express I, it in a bulb, or it's not relevant. I, I'll tell you what. If we do lose, and then this form continues for a couple more games, then I think you start to wonder how long will Eddie Howe be in charge? I don't, it's clear there's no way we he doesn't get to finish the season. Yeah. He is very loved by the fans. But if, like I have said, I think that there's a 30% chance that this happens. If we were to finish outside the top seven, despite us saying that our expectations at the beginning of the season were for that to be exactly what happened, do the board start to sniff around in the summer for someone like Pochettino or or Tuchel? Or... I think it depends. This is well, the tricky maybe thing, the tricky thing with not knowing who owns us, essentially. 
is not knowing who's going to be making those decisions and how they think. Yeah. I think if it's Stavely and Gadusi, then how stays, whatever happens. But when it's a nation state, they can just go like, you're our vanity project. Eighth in the league doesn't suit us when we were third for so long. I think what's more likely to happen, I think Howe probably wants to change system to that kind of 4-1-1 he had at Bournemouth or 4-2-3-1 so he can have Isaac and Wilson. But I think you want to wait until you've got a long period on the training ground. We've got Wolves and Forest and then half a month with no games for the international break. I think I think we'll change systems in that break. I think if we'd had the time to do it sooner, we would have done. Right. But presumably, Isaac will be away on the international break. Yeah, but I think it's just getting the whole team on it. I don't know how long he's away for. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. Well, we we found stuff to talk about in the end, didn't we? Oh, yeah. And Dave, if you are listening, we just we just want you back, but... I imagine with the with the sniffles he's had, you're looking at a three to four month layoff. Yeah. God. I just really feel for the guy. Okay. If All he right, dies we'll... now, we're fucked. <laughs> we have to delete this episode. Yeah. What do you, okay, well, there's one more question to end the problem. What do you think the percentage chances that Dave survives this cold? <laughs> 65. 65% chance. Yeah. Should be okay. Yeah. I put it at, I, I put it at 70%. 70%. I'm saying there's a 30% chance that Dave will die from this cold. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Get well soon, Dave Watson. And thank you to you, the Newcastle NASA listener. Goodbye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.